0: Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson.
1: Bullying in schools is not a new problem, and it's one that must be addressed. The statistics show that a fifth of students nationwide experience some form of bullying. As we begin another school year amid unprecedented stress, anxiety, and less than normal circumstances due to the ongoing pandemic, we wonder what the best way is that we as leaders can work to prevent bullying in our schools and provide safe learning environments for all learners. The network of victim assistance or NOVA in Bucks County has programs designed to help teachers, parents, and other leaders implement bully prevention programs in their classrooms and at home. Today I'm talking with Grace Wheeler, NOVA's Director of Education and Prevention, to learn more. Welcome, Grace. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's start with how prevalent is bullying in schools, specifically in Pennsylvania? Yeah.
0: So, you know, just as you were saying there in your introduction about one in five students are bullied um, nationally, right, in any given school year, Um, we find that the uh, CDC's Youth Risk Behavior Survey is a really great resource for looking at data um, that's specific to states. Uh, So, for example, in in 2019 is the latest publication of this report that we have. So uh, in 2019, about 14% 14% of high schoolers uh, reported being electronically bullied and about 19% of them uh, being bullied on a school property. Of these high schoolers as well, we know about 8% of these students said that they missed at least one day of school per month because they did not feel safe on their, on their in their school or on their school property. It's really important for us to know the statistics of Pennsylvania and also to just kind of keep that aligned with what we know about national averages and, and knowing that these statistics are actually fairly similar to what we
1: see as national averages as well. Okay, and so I think that most people think it's more significant of an issue at the middle or high school level. Is this accurate? It's, it's not necessarily a, a question of more significant or worse, it's
0: different. Um, when we think about bullying behavior at the elementary school level, we're often sort of looking at bullying behavior that's physical bullying, social bullying, verbal bullying. Um at the middle school and high school levels is where we kind of start to see that introduction more of cyberbullying. So it's it's kind of a question of you know, the evidence of bullying isn't often um quite as present in an elementary school. Uh, if we're talking about a bully who's uh uh bullying a student on the playground, uh, there's a likelihood that a staff member of that school is not present to witness the bullying. Uh, whereas cyberbullying has a much larger audience. Uh, and there's often uh the ability to provide evidence or proof, right? We can we can show that Instagram post. We can show that text. Um, so I I always kind of like like to sort of frame it as it's not a more or less significant, but just it it looks different depending on the grade mm-hmm. level of a student.
1: Okay. So what are the most powerful ways that school leaders, educators, and parents can teach even the youngest of learners why we shouldn't bully, and and then also how to prevent bullying? Certainly. We can first sort of have this understanding of of root causes
0: of bullying behavior. Uh, And they sort of fall into some larger categories, right? So we can think about power and control, the peer attention that a student might be receiving, uh, inadequate or ineffective supervision, bias issues, and sort of looking at the overall culture of acceptance of bullying within a a school climate. Uh, what, What I think really comes at the foundation of bullying prevention is being intentional and taking bullying seriously—it is not an experience that every you know third grader just has to endure as a part of a typical childhood. Um, it is something that is preventable, um, and certainly when we take when we don't take bullying seriously, uh, we're really taking away the power and the voice of victims who are experiencing mm-hmm. bullying. Um, in terms of prevention. We we like to focus on social and emotional learning. Uh, So are we delivering programs that are building in emotional regulation and empathy building and perspective taking? Are we working through some activities that offer social problem solving? Um, And one of the things we we really focus on um, is thinking about the role of a bystander. So in bullying situations, about 80% of the time, a, a bystander or at least one, if not multiple bystanders are present in witnessing that bullying. We know that when children are bullied, if they are defended or supported by those bystanders, they are less likely then to feel anxious and depressed. Um, so what we, what we actually kind of like to do is turn it on its head a little bit and we call those who are bystanders who, who do take action We call them upstanders. Um, And so we know that when upstanders um, intervene in bullying situations, about 57% of the time that bullying behavior is gonna stop within 10 seconds. So upstander intervention uh, can be really impactful and upstanders uh, are often that sort of piece of the puzzle that that has the the potential for that that positive change. I think another piece of the puzzle when we think about uh, bullying prevention of going back to something i said earlier which is are we creating a culture you know in a given school or in a district where being is not accepted um and certainly not the norm right mm-hmm. so that students um are not giving an audience to those that are using that bullying
1: behavior it's really important and teachable moments at all age levels really so we're hearing growing concerns this year over um, potential mask bullying um, and you know, whether students choose to wear masks, not wear masks, obviously absent of mandates. What advice would you offer to school leaders to address this possible scenario just to sort of head that off before it begins occurring? Yeah, so
0: I think it goes back to what we uh, talked about you know, in setting that intention and taking this seriously. Um, And and we as adults can be thinking about the tone that we are setting and the expectations that we have of students. Um, And certainly being mindful of the behavior and language that we are modeling. Certainly no surprise that children are watching and listening to us. So our behavior, our language is vitally important. This also I think comes to that that point of of school climate, right? Uh, What are the the signals and the reinforcement that we are giving? Um, What kind of classroom management are we um, using within our sort of smaller spheres of students to be again mindful and vigilant of of masking bullying? Um, I think it also has the potential to really present students with a real life sort of example to talk through a bullying situation, right? It's, it's a real word, world example of practicing their social emotional skills and empathy and compassion. Um, but I think really at the end of the day, what we can project for students is that um, bullying in any form is not acceptable, right? And so we can handle any form of bullying, whether it's something sort of new and specific to the time we live in now, or sort of those typical forms of bullying that we're, we're um,
1: more familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, prevention, our responses, they're similar. Yeah. Okay. What kind of work does your organization do with school districts? What, you know, how do you work with the school districts to help in this area? At NOVA, we have a prevention
0: education department uh, and our bullying prevention programs are really kind of a cornerstone of, of the programming that we offer. We offer parent programs. One of our uh, most frequently requested parent programs would be navigating cyberbullying. Um, We hold classroom presentations that start, you know, in those lower elementary ages that go all the way on up through high school. And certainly the content, the messaging is going to change and evolve as we're working with students of of, uh, the older grades. We also have a program at NUVA that we're particularly uh, enthused about which because it's a primary prevention strategy. It's an encourage upstanders program, uh, and it's where we work with uh, high school students, um, and we prepare them, we train them to be uh, peer educators in the younger grades of the elementary schools in their districts. And they then are the presenters that go into our elementary schools, work with those younger students, and talk Mm -hmm. about upstander behavior. Um, And really just the power that that message holds when it's coming from that older student, um, Mm -hmm. the impact is, is really tremendous. So a lot of this is all sort of supported by our No Bullying Run, which we hold every year. And it's a really great event where our community comes together. Um, and so it's, a, it's a really uh, sort of powerful message, a powerful day that sort of is that stand against bullying in our communities.
1: Mm, great. So, whole community support. I love, and I love the program that involves the older students because, you know, what a different uh, conversation that is older student to younger student, you know, rather than adult to, you know, student. So is there any data or maybe anecdotal success stories that kind of tell you that the preventative training is having an impact? Is there anything in that area that you can share? Sure. Um, So
0: typically our our best practice when we're working with students is to uh, use an evaluation tool. Typically that's, that's going to look like pre and post-testing. This particular year, we presented virtually. Typically, we're in person, mm-hmm. uh, but virtually this year, uh, our responses coming out of the post-testing was that 100% of the students were able to identify at least two strategies for supporting classmates who were being cyberbullied, and also to identify two appropriate responses if they were being cyberbullied. And and those two sort of responses is really kind of at the, the core of what we're mm-hmm. looking to do with our program. So when we get that data, we're He's really excited to have had that impact. Um, mm-hmm. We know that our schools call us back year after year, and you know, we're often that call that they make when something has happened, there's a new situation, and they need some additional support. Um, so we're, we, we find ourselves really fortunate to be that, that resource for our school districts in the county.
1: Yeah, and that brings me to kind of the area that you uh, serve, which is Bucks County. So I'm wondering if there are districts that are located in other regions across the state, is there somewhere they can go or look to find an appropriate organization that they might be able to work with?
0: Sure. Well, NOAA is uh, what's called a victim services agency. Uh, so I certainly would recommend that school districts uh, identify if they have a victim services agency in their county and then what their prevention programs look like. Um, outside of that, a couple of really great resources, You know, the Pennsylvania Department of Education has a page with just uh, a host of different resources, um, guides, programs. It's it's really a, a significant, I think, resource for our schools. Mm-hmm. Um, gov is another really great resource. Um, And of course, this this number that we often use uh, with our students in schools is a bullying prevention consultation hotline that we have in the state as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And and a lot of these sort of resources I just listed um, may be able to help school districts find who are their local resources when it Mm -hmm. comes to bullying prevention.
1: Great. This was really helpful. I know that there's probably so much more that you could tell us about this issue, but I want to say thank you so much for giving us this overview of your work and kind of where the school districts can look for, you know, their own resources. Um, Such a critical issue, and it's one that will always be around, you know, I'm certain in some capacity to deal with. So, so important that the schools lay down a foundation in this area, you know, Thank you so much for joining us, Grace. And Thanks for having me. Keystone Education Radio is a production of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. This episode is brought to you in part by our sponsor, CM Regent Insurance Company. Visit our website at keyedradio.org for more information on today's topic or to listen to past episodes. If you're listening on Spotify, click follow so you'll be notified when a new episode becomes available. Share out the episodes that resonate so your friends, colleagues, and community can tune into the topics that are impacting public education. This is Annette Stevenson saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.